Wow. Can we just Shabbat the Lord? Can we Shabbat for how he's going to move in our life? Can we Shabbat for how he's going to open doors in our life? Can we just exalt because he's great and he's mighty? Can we just say, God, you are God? Can we say, God, that you are God? And besides you, there is no other. Can we say there is a way out? Can we say that he's already answered every question that we have? Can we say that he's given us all power and authority to defeat the enemy? Can we say that he's given us peace? He's given us shalom. Can we say that today? Can we say that he rules the reigns over everything in our life? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. He is God. Besides him, there is no other. Hallelujah, glory, glory to God. Oh, I know my God and he knows me. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And he's mindful of me, glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And he won't allow much to be put upon me that I cannot bear up under his name, glory to God. Hallelujah, 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 glory to our King, blessed Savior. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Blessed Savior, blessed Savior. We are so excited that you came by, Father, and you visited us. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Your presence is here today. Allow your glory to be here today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, you may be seated in heavenly places. Heavenly places, are you ready for God to do the extraordinary in your life? Are you ready for your life to do a 360 in the spirit? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Are you ready for a quick, swift change in your life? Glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well. Hallelujah. Welcome to Walker Ministries. <laughs> the one new man being revealed. Glory to God. Jew Glory and Gentile. Holy Spirit, something else. See how Holy Spirit had my back there? I was going to back on the podium. He said, stop right there. <laughs> Glory to God. Low on with you always. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Woo. Oh, wow. You know, I get to just talk to you guys for a few minutes. I want you to be, to be mindful of God's people. Amen. I want you to be mindful of his people. Come on, teacher. I want you to be mindful of his prophets. Amen. I want you to be mindful of his teachers. I want you to be mindful of his intercessors. Amen. See, what the enemy, not so much the enemy, what our own thoughts been doing. Oh, that's real good right there. Is that you have been justifying an error. The truth. Our own thoughts 
have been justifying what the truth is. We've been trying to justify God's truth with our thoughts. Human truth is not God's truth. Okay. So your human way of thinking is not God's truth. So I justify that when I see Prophetess Carolyn, I, I justify whether she's a prophet or not in my own thinking, in my own thoughts. Oh, Holy Spirit has something to say today. Go ahead. He says that we've been justifying really an intercessor? See, we have our own thoughts, our way of thinking, and we say within ourselves who that person is. And to us, we establish your truth. And so, when you read the word of God, you can't receive it because you have your own truth. Good teacher. See, Pastor, what, we, what we're doing now is that we are receiving tradition as truth. Go ahead. So if the word is not read a certain way, ah, and he said. Touch your neighbor. See, if through tradition, if you don't have a paper license from man you can't read the word yep. so if I can't read the word here I shouldn't be able to read the word at home come on say that <laughs> Jesus was reading the word as a child this is why we don't have children's church we've been justifying Everything in our life that's a lie to be true. This is how we're able to have one foot in the world and one foot supposedly in heaven. Mm-hmm. And so you're divided. And there's no unity in the church. This has become the strongest weapon for the adversary. Stronghold that you have created. Mm, That's good. Stronghold that you created. You seem to have all the answers. But your life doesn't appear that we have all the answers. We seem to have a lot to say when it comes to the word of God. But we can't seem to live it out. Mental misperception. This is what this is about. Stronghold. Mental misperception. Strongholds. 
what is a mental stronghold. I know we've been told a lot about stronghold, but this is, this is a nice revelation that Holy Spirit saw fit to share with me. It's a dark atmosphere. First of all, it's not spiritual. Mm-hmm. Stronghold, at least it doesn't start out spiritual. It starts out with you. It starts out with self. So that means it's not spiritual, right? But it, because of how you give it birth, then it becomes spiritual. Come on. Because then you have something in common with the adversary. Now it becomes spiritual. But the initial onset of a stronghold is your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Your way of thinking. It is considered a dark atmosphere that keeps you from seeing what's truth. It's not a demon. Mm-hmm. You can't cast a stronghold out. You can only pull it down. Mm-hmm. It's compared to the air you breathe, but it's tainted. Stronghold. Almost like you can't really describe it. It's an atmosphere, a dark atmosphere, stronghold. So let's go to our foundation scripture here, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 through 6. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. For though we walk in the flesh... For though we live in this flesh, we do not war. Stop that. I'm going to stop right here. We do not war. We do not war. Let that marinate. We don't war. You're born again. You're a Christian. But you think that's it. There's a war going on, whether you experience it, think you experience it or not, there is a war going on, and you don't know it. He said, and you don't war. What you fight is your flesh. What you fight is each other. He said, this is a war. This is why it's not spiritual, but then it is. There's a war going on as with yourself. If you have any arguments, it don't start outside of you. It starts inside of you. Your thoughts. It's your own thoughts, arguments. So let's use, um, I'm going to use a, a real example. 
won't use the first name, but I'll just use a real example. Pastors, let's say pastors teaching. And um, just about time to go. And then someone says, no, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Then you have some people who's, then pastors say, you, you know, you all can leave. Whoever wants to leave now, blah, blah, blah. Then someone says, well, whoever wants to leave, go ahead and leave. But we want to stay. But then someone hear it as this. Oh, what does she mean by that? Immediately getting the fits. And they get hurt. And they get hurt and not knowing why they got hurt. And got an offense not knowing why, Pastor, they got an offense. And they start to, within their own mind, quarreling. Have you ever felt in your own mind that you start to have conversation going back and forth? Yeah. You're calling. And you don't doing that with yourself with an initial conversation that was on the outside of you that you brought in the inside of you because you took an offense. Come on, teacher. And then what makes it even worse, then you go home, then you ponder and muse on it like it's the word of God. Yes, and you meditate on it. And forget the word that you heard. And exactly, Pastor, forget the word that you heard. So now it's a deeper pain and deeper hurt. Coming for you. And you're not knowing where this came from or how to really now even deal with it. So when you see the person, you're feeling darkness, negative. You're feeling angry now because you have built a stronghold. And you don't want to address it because... A stronghold is also this, an attitude. Stronghold is an attitude and also opinions. See, this is where it gets us in trouble, is your opinion. <laughs> Our system, this is, these are stronghold. Attitude, system of logic. See, we all have a system of logic, what makes sense to you. Right? Mm -hmm. But in communication, I've always, I always say it's the way you see it, the way the other person see it, and it's the middle ground, the way that it really is. You have to get to the way that it really is, which is the word of God. But often we see it the way that we see it. So we have a system of logic. And normally our system of logic is rooted in a lie. But that becomes our truth. Also, this is another example of a stronghold. It's a habit of justification. It's a fixation on something. You're, you're fixed on something. Even let's say a woman was in a bad relationship and she was being abused. She's fixated on the, on the fact that the person is being abusive because X, Y, and Z. So she fixed it on a lie, that he is abusing me because he's working hard and I shouldn't say what I said at that time. Maybe just was the wrong time to speak to him about X, Y, and Z. So she justified the reason as to why he is abusive without seeing the reality that this man needs some counseling. Amen? Mm -hmm. The enemy does this. 
He uses your, he uses real issues of your past, and he superimposes it in your current present, which create a pattern in your life. Having to get the same kind of not so nice, nice men or women in a relationship, same pattern, same type of people who are just not good people. Keep ending up with the same kind of people in your life. This is a pattern. This is a habit. Mm -hmm. Because the enemy uses real issues from your past, how you were brought up. Yep. The words that were said to you. And he used those words and he superimposed them in your current life and situation. Making it almost impossible for you to get out of that repeated cycle. And you continue to perpetuate the same cycle over and over and over again. Thought patterns are a stronghold. Just have a certain way of thinking about the same thing all the time. And knowing that every time I do this, it is always a bad outcome. But I keep doing it. Mm. Mm. Wow. Have any of you experienced some of your habits that you have? And you get the same outcome, but you don't stop? Mm. Raise a hand. Be honest. Come on, y'all. Certain habits. So the question is like, okay, well, what do I need to do to kick this habit? Mm-hmm. Yeah, good choice of words. I'm going to give you all the answers at the end. Stronghold. The last one is this. Command post. It's a command post in your life where the enemy has access, and he is running the command post. Mm -hmm. He's anywhere where there's arguments. He's anywhere where there's anything negative. So you give him access to come in your command posts, your thoughts. Otherwise, the enemy can't enter your thoughts unless you give him access. And then he takes total access. It's his command post. This is why it's hard to kick the habit. Hear me. It's hard to kick the habit if you are not in command of your own life. Wow. He even stopped you from making the right decision. So now the choices that you make, they're not the proper decision that you should be making for your life. Because you're not making the decision the enemy is now guiding and leading you. Mm. So you're making bad choices. Oh, this is real good. Let's say something like about just, let's use the kids. About doing homework. Homework. Just doing work. Homework. So, start on it. 
Then you find any reason to walk away. You're tired. You're hungry. Need your mommy. I need to go to the bathroom. I need to do this. I need to do that. Create a distraction, and it's the same habit. I see a lot of kids. Yeah. Yeah. Same habit. And so your grade is going to reflect that because you're not meditating and you're not studying the word. I mean, your classwork (laughs) is the word of God. Because you are in a habit of walking away from your responsibility. Interruptions. Interruptions. So the enemy has come in. And their thoughts, and their thoughts, and he has justified that this is more important than what you're doing. He, he, he distracts. That's one of his things. He creates a distraction, he exactly, Pastor. A distraction. Yep. And, but he makes it feel, he makes the, uh, you feel that you have to do it. You have to, you have to do anything else but to do your homework. That's right. Or you have to do anything else but pay your bills on time. Or you have to do anything else besides being at church. I, I can come up with something. Yep. See, you make the wrong decision. See, when you, with your opinion, you are prohibiting the people who are leaders in your life, and Christ, the foremost leader in your life, to get you to the proper place of success. When you have your opinion, hear me, your opinion is so strong that no one else can bypass your opinion. Your opinion is, is like the guideline for truth. can't hear. Exactly, but you can't hear and you can't see. You can't. You can't hear and you can't see what's right, Tiffany. You can't hear and see what's right for your life, direction for your life, because your opinion is dictating to you what's right and what's wrong. And so you can continue to do the opposite. And you continue to be further and further away from your success. As much as you fight to succeed, you'll be digressing, digressing, and digressing because of your opinion. Going against. Amen. Stronghold. It's the foothold that Satan has to us. It's the foothold. It's the entrance that he has to us. It's what he has in common with us. Do you want to have something in common with Satan? He said a, a, a stronghold is that you have something common with the adversary. It says that when the enemy comes, he finds nothing See, there's one translation that says he's finds nothing in me, but there's another translation that says he finds nothing in common with me. That's right. That's right. So is the enemy finding anything common with you? 
See, a lot of us are living in the church a dual life. There you go. We have something in common with the adversary and something in common with God. But expecting our prayers to be answered. He said this, Christ said this to, to Peter. After Peter told him, don't go to the cross. See, Peter had his opinion. That was his opinion. I forbid, no, you're not to go to the cross. He had his own human reasoning as to why he spoke and said that. Do you hear what I'm saying? See, he think he's doing, he was feeling because my love for God, I'm, I'm doing what's right. But in his mind, his human thought was this is right. But it's not God's truth. He had his own truth is that you are not to go to the cross. Christ said, Satan, get thee behind me. Because of Peter's opinion, he had something in common with Satan. See, we don't think like that. We, we think we got to be doing something, you know, all outrageous. I don't know, a serial killer or something that we have something in common with Satan. But you're, if, you, if you are not in the will of God, you're in the will of Satan. That's right. See, we, we don't really think that. We think that, oh, if I'm, you know, I'm okay, I'm coming to church, I'm, 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 I'm giving an offering, giving my tithes and offering, but he says, and listen to me closely, God says this, give cheerfully. He said, I love, I love a cheerful giver. I love. So if he said, I love a cheerful giver, what does it say? He's, he didn't say, I love a giver. That's good. I love a cheerful giver. Mm -hmm. No, no, you, no. You all have to hear me. He says, I love. So even if you give your 10% and it's not cheerful, he said, I don't love you. That I love. You see, it things that we take for granted when. When God speaks, he, he meant what he said. He does. So for those that he loved, he answered their prayers. I love, so to give you an example, let's just say it's not about even about the tithes and offerings. It's just when, like when we got the van. And say, so, you know, let's, you know, give, you know, an offering something to donation for get the van. And the person, okay, well, I got five. I got five. And so we said, well, we're still short of X amount of dollars to get the van. And you know how much you have, you know. And you, it's not even about you know how much you can give. See, we think like this. See, this is your thinking. Until you stop having your own opinion when it comes to God, your own thoughts, and your own attitude. 
Because you're supposed to have the attitude of Christ, not your attitude. Until you get to that place with God, let's go there with the giving. I'm, 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 gonna, I'm going to double back. So you decide to give, but you give it grudgingly. And then again, you're saying, I don't, I can only give, I don't have, but, you know, $20. The problem is that you put an opinion on God's giving instead of a heart just to give. And with a heart just to give, I'm not thinking about what's in my account. I'm thinking about God what is it that you want me to give? See, but we're not thinking like that. And this is why finances in our life is always going to be a struggle. Hear me and hear me clearly. Finances will always be a struggle because when you look at your finances, you look at them as your finances, and God can never increase what you still possess as yours. See, you're still saying this life is not your life. You don't question when it comes to what you want. Whether it's hair, whether it's a purse, whether it's shoes, whether it's a uh, coat, what, whatever it is, you don't really question. You don't initially try to figure out, well, you know, move money here. No, I really want this. And somehow you get it. I wonder, is there a real deep just want to really give an offering? As Apostle Paul did, he, he said his life was an offering. His life was an offering. He did not complain about how he was living. He didn't complain about the suffering because his life was an offering to God. Until your life becomes an offering to God, your entire life as a Christian will be frustrating because you have not offered it to God. Stronghold. It dulls your sight, your perception. It keeps you from recognizing the will of God. It clouds and darkens our minds. And most important, it imprisons your spirit. It isolates your spirit from receiving the word of God. Do you hear me? Not your soul. Your emotion, your intellect. Because that's what you're using when it comes to understanding, living out the word of God. You're using your emotion and your intellect when it comes to God. And that's not what you're supposed to use. You're supposed to use your spirit. You're supposed to be led by the spirit and not your flesh. The effects 
of our stronghold. Just going to give you a few. It becomes your slave driver, your stronghold. You lose perception of right and wrong. This is why there are so many divorces in church. It's the major cause of church split, stronghold. Major cause of church split. Leaders sometimes get into their own opinion, their own thoughts. And if you stay there long enough, their perception and seeing and hearing for God will be distorted. And you won't know most of the time. I won't be bold enough to, to discuss it. So it puts you in a place to where you're just left to just continue to follow. Spiritual disorientation. So spiritually, you don't know which way to go. Spiritually, you don't know if it's God or if this is the enemy in my life. So how do strongholds operate? It likes to deteriorate our soul to slow down the rate of your growth. See, so you'd be more having more desire for things of the world. It becomes to be more fulfilling to you than things of the kingdom. So the more you continue to be satisfied with the things of the world, the more immature you are in the kingdom of God. Depression. It operates through depression. Stronghold does. It distorts an offense to make it seem larger and more painful, and which causes us to see the intent to be bigger than what it really was. It keeps you from forgiving. So how do we get rid of a stronghold? Again, you can't cast it out, but you can pull it down by the Holy Spirit and demolish it violently with the word of God and prayer. And don't stop until it's gone. Listen to this. To the degree of your emotion and your offense it's to the degree the stronghold has rooted in your mind. I say it again. To the degree of your emotion in your offense, it's to the degree that the stronghold is rooted in your mind. So if the stronghold has you so, you know, you're not just angry. You're furious. You, you want to really go over to the person. You want to fuss them out. And you, I mean, then you just imagine all things. Then you go into the next day. You're still thinking about it. This is to a large degree to where it has settled in your mind. And when that happens, it's almost impossible for you to resist 
the pulling down of the stronghold. And the stronghold, see, when you're in that position there, Satan then has total access. He's in the command post. And what he hates is losing ground. He hates losing ground. Let's go to Ephesians 6, 13 through 18, New Living Translation. And you're going to hear this armor God the way that you've never heard it before. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Glory to God. Glory to God. He says here, therefore, put on every piece of God's armor. And why? Why is he saying, see, this is how you're able to pull down the stronghold. He said, put on every piece of armor. And he's utilizing or using these various pieces of clothing so you have something to relate to. He says, put on every piece of God's armor so that you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil when it's time that your, that your fallen nature wants to respond. He said, you'll be able to resist your flesh. And you'll be able to do God's will. And so many times, even our relationship, whether it's with a friend or family or your spouse, to where you just feel right about being right and want to lay them out. You just feel right about being right and can't wait to get all the words out. See, but this is a stronghold of justification. Instead of expressing an opportunity for me to express the love of God, I see where he or she needs to grow because they're not there. Not that I'm boasting that I am, but I'm going to permit them time to grow. And so I'll walk in love to bring them up to where they should be. Put on every piece. Then after the battle, after the battle of your own thoughts, after you got finished quarreling with yourself, he said you may to be able to stand firm. Stand your ground, which is the word of God, which is love. Stand on love. Putting on truth, walking in truth, speaking the word of God. 
and having right relationship with God. Having right relationship with him. For shoes, it says, put on the peace that comes from God, the good news so that you'll be fully prepared for this day and moment. Why are we always shocked and when the enemy shows up, we're not prepared. You got to go get your sword, the word. You, you, can't, you lose every battle, you know, at work, your, your boss, your co-workers. You have a lot of opportunities to express Christ. Amen? By walking in tremendous love. Amen. He says, in addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the darts from coming to you. Hold it up. But this is the will of God. It's not the will of God that, that I go without. See, but the enemy, want to, he wants to tell you how you are supposed to be living. He wants to tell you what you can do and what you can't do. But the will of God is my shield. The word of God. The ways of God. I need a man. I need a woman. See, you talk about what you need. And, and that's good, Pastor, because what's going to happen is that the desires of the flesh. There you go. You hear that? You, you obey. I'm suffering. I'm hurting. My situation, my circumstance, it's always about that. It's the job. It's always these things, right? Yep. It's always your life. Ah. The question is, why is not always about the kingdom? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I, I don't ever hear the people of God being frustrated about the kingdom of God not advancing the way that it should. Mm-mm. We're hearing our life, the old life. My ministry. Exactly, my ministry. What he's given me, what I'm supposed to do. Not what God has called me to do. It's my suffering. It's what I'm going through. Oh, I'm tired of this. When it's going to change, when you will give God your whole heart. Uh, And bow down to him. Obey. Just obey. He said, take this word of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the spirit at all times and on all occasions. When I feel like it. When I get the unction. You have to. Pastor, this is something so essential to the believer is their own prayer language. If he's telling us this, Pastor... We should always be praying Praying. in the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. He said on all occasions. No, I don't feel like it. I don't feel like, I don't feel him coming up on me. It's stuck right there. All occasions. I'm telling you, this is what people say. And what's so important here, Pastor, it says, stay alert. That's diligent. Vigilant. Stay alert. Stay on post. Lest the enemy trip you up. Stay alert. Stay on the wall. Stay on the wall. Unless all the work that you've done, now he calls, he come at a time, he come at very critical times in our lives. And you be running strong. 
running real strong. And he come, and because, you know, what happened is that he saw an entrance. I saw a need of the flesh. Can, can, can I tell you? Come on. Come on. Come on with it, can Pastor. Come you? with it. But he comes also when you're consistent. Mm-hmm. Because he knows if he is persistent on keeping the pressure on you, I'll see the crack. I'll see the hairline fracture. He keep the pressure on you. That, that, but we don't, we, we don't want the pressure. Hello? You, how many of y'all under pressure? And then we give up right at our biggest breakthrough. That's right. We give up. Right when the door about to open, we leave. Okay. It says stay alert. That is so good. You can never grow weary in serving God. He said don't get weary in well-doing. You can never get tired. Get this. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You can never get tired of praising God. Oh, no. He says, stay alert in your praise. Stay alert in your praise. Stay alert in your worship. Stay alert in your intercession. He says, stay alert in your study. Why do I have to be reminded? I'm reading the word today. Stay alert. See, this is what happens your entire life. See, we forget that this is my life. That I worship. I, I praise my God. I study, I meditate, I muse, I ponder on. That's your lifestyle. That's That's my life. That's your new nature. But what happens again, the enemy, he looks to fulfill a desire of the flesh. He's waiting for your flesh to get more hungry than your spirit. And it's opposing. The two are opposing. I told you, you're either going to go up or you're going to go down. Which one y'all going to do today? Well, you came to the church, so you, you are definitely coming up. <laughs> now, when you leave, leave with a new heart so you can stay up. Apply what you learn. Be mindful. It's very serious with the state alert. Because the enemy, he's crouching at the door of your heart. He's waiting for you. Not to be praying, not to be seeking him. He's waiting. And he never gets tired of waiting for you. Oh, he he counting on you getting tired. And says, be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Are you praying for believers everywhere? Mm. Mm-hmm. He said, be persistent and praying for believers everywhere. That's so good. That is the heart of God. Romans 13, 14 says this. This kind of sums up Ephesians 6. It says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. See, you need to have a different ear this morning or afternoon now. You need to have a different ear every time you hear the word of God. 
it can never become familiar with you. Amen. You can never become familiar with it, with the word. You must have a different ear every time you hear the word of God. If you could, if you could finally come out of your situation, your past, and your emotion, you could actually succeed in life. I'm so serious. If you could actually come out of your emotion, your life. I'm not talking about the new life, but your old life. If you could finally really come out of your old life, you could really live prosperous for the first time in your life. It says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ, making no provision, making no way for your flesh to be fed. How many do, how many times are we seeking for our flesh to be fed? Mm-hmm. Got to have it. I got to do it. I need to go there. I have to be there. Is this glorifying God? What you're doing in your career, is it glorifying God? What you're doing at home with your family? Everything, everything you say, acknowledge me in all your ways. And I will guide and lead and direct your path. Are you glorifying God in all your ways? In your body. Because if you're not, Pastor, you are giving an opportunity for your flesh to be fed. Are you glorifying in your body? In closing, stronghold means this. A fortress or castle in which... One argues over his possessions, which is your attitude and your opinion. It's a fortress or castle in which one argues over his or her possession, which is your attitude, your opinion. It prevents you from seeing truth, your opinion. So you're locked up inside. This is what happened. It imprisons your spirit away from your flesh. So now you can't dictate and tell your flesh what to do because your spirit now is in prison. And you cannot command your flesh to do. This is why Paul says, when I want to do good, evil's always present. And, what, and then when I want to do what's right, I can't. Because my spirit is in prison. And now I can't dictate to my flesh what I should be doing and should be saying and how I should be acting and behaving. That's why it sounds impossible. This is why we can talk the word, but we can't live the word. This is how we can say, yes, we would die for Christ. But if it's presented, we wouldn't dare do it. He said, if you are my disciple, you must first deny yourself. There you go. Mm. Mm. We are to take our thoughts captive as a prisoner of war. 
take your intelligence captive as a prisoner of war unto the obedience of Christ. Which means, there's, there's two types of obedience. Obedient means simply comply, I do it. But then there's submission obedience. Meaning I'm glad to do it. Because this is the perfect will of the Father. Amen. Do we often think like that? Before we speak or we originate a thought in our heart? Is this towards the perfect will of the Father? We are to be ready to punish all disobedience with our when our obedience is fulfilled, I'm going to get that little breakdown to you. We should be ready to punish all disobedience. When our obedience is fulfilled. So when you obey the word of God, all disobedience, he attacks. The enemy, all disobedience, God attacked. This is why the battle is not yours. It's the Lord. But you have to be submissive unto God. And he says, then that makes your obedience fulfilled. And he is able now to attack the disobedience. Not your disobedience, but the spirit of disobedience, which is the adversary. So he's working on your behalf when you are fulfilling your obedience towards Christ. Wow. So why is this important? God is preparing something for you which will require your submission. I'll say that again. Hear me. This message of stronghold Mental misperception is that God is preparing something for you that will require submission to the depth of your anger is to the depth of your stronghold. And we need to know that. So we, we need to know it's not about just about being angry. We need to know that when it comes to our thoughts, how we're thinking, our attitude, our opinions, when it comes to the word, it's not truth. We have to operate and live in the truth, which is the word of God. And so you can't use your opinion when it comes to the word of God. Amen. So I really hope that today that you really come to a place to when you really think about your relationship with God, that there are no strongholds in your life. So that you're able not to only pray for each other but that there's not a war that's going on inside of you. Amen. So I pray the word of God have definitely richly come to a place in your heart to where you hear the word of God and you know this is the word of God and you're not confused spiritually who it is. And so that you can see properly and you can hear the word properly. Because I noticed even when the dancers were up and just certain things, just the word communion, the word communion for me, it brought me to a closer place. Every time I hear it, it's never familiar. See, what's happening with us at 
The word of God is becoming too familiar with us. And so you come, you sit, and you hear, but you're not moved. You're not moved to righteousness. You're not moved closer to God to make a change in your life. What's the use of hearing the word of God and there's no dynamic change in your life? Amen. Hear me. For years, we, a lot of us have been in church and there's no dynamic change in how we think of what we do and even of what we possess. Everything should be great about your life. Not that you shouldn't have any, any affliction or be persecuted. You will. But there should be excellent. That's about you. Like when someone sees you, there should be something excellent about your spirit that will cause them to want to know you. But, more, but moreover, the God that's inside of you. But a lot of times they can't, Greg, because a lot of us as Christians, we can't hear the word of God as truth. And it's because of how we've been taught. So we become too familiar with him. And our amen is just, okay. Our amen is not from an understanding relationship that God, I trust you. I trust you with my life. I trust you with my possession. I trust you with my children, all that I own. We're in a position now to where we have to come out of complacement of tradition and come into a real relationship of the supernatural so your life can really reflect the kingdom of the most high God. Amen.